Okay, so on Quantum Creatives, medyo obvious naman that we really value learning. You know, I've always been a fan of that student forever mindset. Now, you're always trying to learn as much as you can, never being arrogant with the information that you have. Diba? So, dami ko nang nakausap na creatives. You know, I never feel like I'm an expert in anything. And one of the things that I feel like I really needed to learn was business practice. Alam mo naman, tayong mga creatives, diba? parang wala masyadong napag-aralang business or finance. So that's something I've always been wanting to learn, no? parang entrepreneurial skills. But I don't have time to go to business school. You know, it's, I got a full-time job. Sobrang busy na nga as is keeping the podcast afloat. And I'm sure a lot of you relate to that, the other things that we wish we could have learned. Which brings me to the sponsor for this episode, Axel Institute. It is where you can learn business from all kinds of world-class entrepreneurs. They have courses that are inspired by the world's best schools and companies. And it's a really convenient and easy way to learn while you're going through your everyday adult life. No? Essentially, it's like mini-MBA. So right now, I'm actually in the middle of a course. I am taking the Film Producing and Financing class by Bianca Balbuena. And it's really a course that I couldn't have taken anywhere else. Bianca shares a lot of valuable, real-world experience from her work as a producer. And in the classroom, I'm also sharing the space with a lot of young creatives who want to learn. So it's a good way to build relationships in your industry too. So they actually have a lot of different courses, some of which are fundamentals of business, leadership and soft skills in business, uh, basic investing in personal finance, which I actually do want to take. And this is something that I learned from Nicole Alba, one of our previous guests, a really talented content creator in finance. So visit their website, axelinstitute.org. I'll leave a link in the description below. And just come and join and learn and have that student mindset. Um, maybe we in the next few months. And if you do decide to join, use our referral code KC500 when you submit your form on the website for a discount. And I'd like... Hi, I'm Gio Puyat, and this is Quantum Creatives. A podcast to get to know the stories, strategies, and lessons of Filipino creatives from different fields. Quentong Creatives is produced by Anima Podcasts. Alright, welcome to another episode of Quentong Creatives. And today we have a visual artist. He just finished his exhibit called Surrealicious. And he's also a muralist, a good friend of Japi Agoncillo, who was also on the podcast previously. He's a host, he's a content creator, and you may know him for his TikToks of Konyo sketches, making fun of different Konyo culture. It's Rako Ruiz, so I had a really fun time talking with Rako. It's really fun to be around. Like he's a really playful guy. If I were to describe like his art, it's just he allows himself to be playful, right? I'm always talking about you know, letting yourself enjoy and play in that sandbox. And I think that really informed his art style and his identity. So, makikita nyo naman, ang daming kakulitan sa episode na to. Anything from funny references of like serial mascots to cartoons to even X-Men. And I think it really shows even with his multidisciplinary art, diba? Ang dami niya ginagawa. And he talks about that he has an analogy about having multiple drivers and letting someone take the wheel and just kind of letting all those 
things that he enjoys inform his art style. Yeah, and like I said, a lot of people know him as the TikTok guy who does a lot of these sketches making fun of Konyo culture. Actually, Konyo accent. But it's funny because different brands have gotten to know him. Hey, he's the guy who does the sketches, but he's also a really good artist. And I found that really fascinating to focus on in this conversation. So we talk about a lot of random, useful stuff here, even getting to the realm of conspiracies and AI. So stick around if you want to hear that. And abangan yung konyo accent ni Rako. Gagawin niya ilang beses sa episode nito. Ay gagi. Yeah, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Rako Ruiz. Okay, welcome to another episode of Quental Creatives, and we are here at the Artillery Office, and we are here with visual artist. He just finished this exhibit called yes. Surrealicious, uh, which sold out on the first day. Congrats, That's man! Crazy, dude. Um, welcome to the show, Rocker. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Welcome, dude. Stoked, dude. Stoked to be here. Um, how was the, the exhibit, man? Aren't, that was just, it was just like last week. Uh, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, it was crazy, dude. Like. I never expect people to go to these things or like anything where I'm like putting myself out there. I never expect the audience to be captivated by it. I don't know if it's like a defense mechanism or anything like that, but that's why I'm always surprised by the turnout mm. or the fact that sold out is crazy because like I honestly was hoping to sell one, but the fact that uh, people are investing in something I created, yeah. any creative would like. That's that your dream come true, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, parang exhibits are I don't know um, something really interesting to na it's like a public space and people go and engage with your art and you're selling it at the same time. How was it really like, kind of nervous before you know starting it? Actually, I was the opposite. I was like, I was procrastinating, getting nervous. That I never got nervous. I was like, bukas na nawa mag magworry, but it never happened. So like, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Why was it um, called Surrealicious? So, parang, I mean, took inspiration from all those serial yeah. characters, right? As I think when, you, when you're an artist, you really want to lean into what matters to you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how trivial it seems to other people, but important is sale. So for me, like growing up, dude, serial was like the highlight of my day. <laughs> And like, even well into adulthood, like if I could have serial as breakfast, I would. And then when I got into advertising, <laughs> I realized like I was tricked, dude. <laughs> I was like brainwashed. Maybe not intentionally, just in case there are any brands watching there. I know you're all just trying to earn money, but like look at a cereal box. Yeah. Uh, what's in it? It's not good for kids, but and parents know that, so they won't buy it for their kids. But look at the design. It's like look at those cute mascots. Yeah, it's irresistible for children, yeah. right? So and I like puzzles at the back and games, games. free toy. Yeah. You know, like how could a kid not want that? So even if a parent's like bawalin sa yon, the kid's gonna like cry in the grocery so until we get it. Yeah. So I thought, you know what, the advertising and marketing that went behind that is kind of surreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. like it's taking something that's real and just slightly distorting it so that. Um, the consumers will be like, "Hey, this is, might be good for me." Yeah, but, yeah. Because like I, I know people who went to my exhibit are like, they see the art and they're like, "This isn't exactly surrealist art." 
because like surrealist art means like taking something realistic then uh-huh. morphing it a bit pero more realistic pa rin. okay pero it's like distorted like a funhouse mirror and i know my art's cartoony it's cartoony it's kind of lowbrow art so that's why the name isn't exactly referring to the art style but it's the concept behind like marketing yeah. oh shit that's so interesting yeah. man Thanks, For me, dude. it was like um, it was the the monkey rice krispies. I think oh yeah, that was my favorite. I think favorite. his name is also Poco. Oh, it's like Mr. Poco for Coco Crack. Yeah, yeah. And the dude, I love rice krispies though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then there's like um, the buddy come up with all these stories about the mascot. Apparently, like the rice origin stories. Oh, my origin stories. Origin stories. Coco Crunch. You know what? The Coco Crunch mascot is kind of like the Joker. Like, you know how the Joker's like, you want to know how I got these scars? That was a story every time. And the Coco Crunch mascot's like, you want to know how Coco Crunch was made? Those a story every time. The hustlers, man. Yeah, dude. <laughs> but like, I appreciate it. I know I was like, maybe dissing them a bit in my spiel for the theme of the show. But I love them, dude. Like, I am uh, low-key obsessed with them. Because like, I love the characterization that goes into it. Like, the beauty mm. of the marketing also. Because like... I did say like, oh, this is made to like fool children. But on the flip side of that, I love how they made my childhood like really colorful and unique, right, right. despite the product. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure now they changed the ingredients up. It's not as unhealthy as it used to be because like, people are more aware now. But in the 90s, dude, like, what well, health, health, sister. <laughs> it's literally like uh, 100% sugar and we ate that stuff, man. Yeah. The health cereals are boring as fuck. So Yeah, I mean, dude. Like, oh, we're allowed to curse. <laughs> okay, okay. Noted. Uh, yeah, man. But honestly, now, as an adult, I have a newfound appreciation for it. Like, Cheerios is good, man. I didn't realize as a kid, but like, it's good stuff. Yeah. Come to think of it, as an adult, I haven't bought a box of cereal in years. Dude, really? now's the time. Now's the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do the puzzles while eating, you know. Yeah, yeah. dude, I'm like, uh, play with the toy. You know what I don't appreciate about cereals now, though? Like, they're not as career with the toys. Cut out the cardboard and assemble the toy yourself. But back then we had like action figure quality toys. That's true. That's in true. the cereal box. Even for the fast food places. Yeah, I dude. remember like even the McDo, like they had those puzzles, uh, hamburger puzzles. Dude, yeah. what is like I mean I love McDonald's. <laughs> Disclaimer. But like the toy quality now, it's like Cut it out, assemble it yourself, cardboard. Yeah, you have a toy. <laughs> yeah, it's your toy. Back then, it looked like a toy you could buy in Toys R Us. Mm-hmm. But you're getting it for free in McDonald's. <laughs> I miss those days, dude. Yeah, yeah. well, because now, I guess they have to contend with kids like on their phones or something. So yeah. Like... Dude, they should compete harder. <laughs> it's like, we're, we're in a losing battle. Let's not try anymore. <laughs> I, I miss those like, kinakariru talaga na adaroan na makdo. So I really want to get back into that about like your your childhood and yeah. how that inspired your art because I really see that in, in the art you do and it's really playful and sincere yeah. which I love. Um, but I guess first let's let's backtrack a bit and talk about context like okay. where you came from and you know how art first kind of entered your your life and mm-hmm. you know like the fan the fan of like how were you a fan of the, all these things that entered your your life? Honestly, like I have my parents to thank for this because. I am realizing now with the more artists I meet, what inspires them is Bawal cinema art. Or their parents were like, no, you'll be a doctor. No, you'll be yeah. a lawyer. That's why they'd be an artist. But my parents were like, be whatever you want. 
and they like really encouraged me to uh, pursue uh, whatever I found inspiring to me, even if it wasn't like financially stable. They're like, oh, whatever, just do it. Um, like for example, my drawings as a kid were very violent. <laughs> like, they were like dogs that were bloody and scratched up as they got into fights. I was just fascinated by violence. I don't know why. Maybe it's some inherent uh, human trait you know, mm-hmm. in all of our brains. But you know, my parents never told me not to draw that stuff. They were just like, oh, we're putting this on the fridge. scratches. <laughs> and I'm like, I guess that uh, nurturing factor that my parents uh, provided me, I really had that to thank for being unapologetic about my personality. Which is why when I got into like other uh, communities wherein people would usually like doubt my creativity or like uh, would tell me to water it down, I never doubted myself. It's like mm. at home, not in encourage all my drawing, all my violent drawings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like in school, I'm still gonna do that, even if you tell me not to. So even though it seems punk rock, it seems like oh, I'm doing this out of rebellion. It comes from a place of nurture. Which is like, you wouldn't predict, like, oh, this guy that draws like uh, really violent stuff. Like, one of my pin posts and my ideas, Garfield with his guts out and like being <laughs> eaten by cockroaches. Uh, but um, my parents never discouraged that. And I think that's why if you're a parent and your kid's being creative in any sense, if he's not hurting anyone by what he's doing, always encourage it. Right, yeah. right. So, like, you had a safe space growing up space. to play in that sandbox. Yeah. Exactly. Just make art. And it was also kind of like, uh, I would say, a catharsis for me, my art. Because mm-hmm. I was a really nice kid. I wasn't a bully. I was like, well, maybe to my sisters a bit, but like, what brother isn't? Um, but I didn't have really an avenue to release my anger and frustration because uh, back when I was like, in my teen years, as in preteen palang, I was diagnosed with a like arthritis like sickness. And that, that really like pissed me off, man. Because I was like a hyperactive kid. I loved running around, climbing stuff, climbing trees. And suddenly, like, I was hit with this reality before I could even comprehend what uh, a freaking autoimmune sickness was. So art was really like my my oasis, my sanctuary rather. To really like just take out all my frustrations there. Uh-huh. And I always made my artwork cute. Cute. Like it could be like a cute little fox and a bird that are the birds putting the fox in a blender. Because <laughs> like I thought this is where I'm gonna take out my frustrations. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. this is what life did to me, so this is what I'm gonna do to my creations. Yeah. I'm really curious, like what cartoons were you into? Because it's like <laughs> everything you're describing is so okay. familiar to me too, because that's that's what I would see on like Red and Steam. Yeah, dude. Um, like, even like Tom and Jerry, they're cute, they're these... But, but it's violent. Know, but it's violent. I love how The Simpsons exaggerated Tom and Jerry with Itchy and Scratchy. Itchy and Scratchy. It's like, it's commentary, but at the same time, it's doing what it's doing commentary against. It's like, yeah. this is how violent kids' cartoons are these days, and it's corrupting children, but they're doing it anyway. <laughs> and all the kids in The Simpsons are like huge fans. Of yeah, they love Itchy and, and Scratchy. So, yeah. The fact that I grew up with those uh, cartoons too, like Ren and Stimpy, Happy Tree Friends, Looney Tunes. Mm-hmm. The whole backbone of Looney Tunes is violence. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's like a Yosemite Sam shooting Daffy Duck in the face and his facial features get rearranged. Yeah. And no one ever dies. So I think like it just really entertained me as a kid and it still manifests its way out of me through my art. Yeah. Right, right. 
Um, so you have a tita din palang sa an artist, oh, right? Yeah, si yeah. Uh, Jose Tense. Jose Tense. 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 Yeah. But we call him Tito Bogi. Like, that's his like nickname. And I'm, I'm sure like all his fans call him that. And you know, similar to the cartoons I watched, it's also about uh, being violent, but in a way still very consumable by the masses. Mm-hmm. Like what he does with his, with his art, what I'm really fascinated with uh, his art was like, he started out as a editorial cartoonist, if, I, if my memory serves me correctly. And you still see that with his artwork. It's just like an upscale version of that. Mm-hmm. So what I liked about his art that I didn't exactly see in Looney Tunes was about society. Like, I know it's a meme now with the Joker image, like we live in a society where you're always like uh, commenting like the dark side of society. But I love how that's what Medito does with his art. And indirectly, I thought, uh, what if I do that, but in a cute way, <laughs> in a like, uh, cartoony way. So I think that that's kind of like what I want to do with my art. Like comment on the realities of society, but it's still pleasant to look at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he was a he's a multimedia artist, and so para he has yeah. sculptures, also political cartoons. Yeah, it's crazy what he does. Like just at my exhibit, I was talking to him about like, oh, maybe I want to do sculptures one day, and he wow. gave me like this whole like rundown of the process of making sculptures. He's really passionate about the process, uh-huh. and that's what I think all creatives will relate to. Your output, your displaying it is the easiest part. Mm. It's the like doing it. That's the fun part. It's the like heartbreaking part. It's the frustrating part. And that's the best part of the creating Isabel. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed too, like you kind of have your hand in many different jars. Yeah. Filmmaking, my photography, my illustration. Oh, thanks um, for noticing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, is that something that, that came into your head when you see it in your detail or maybe your family? I think it's the maybe it's ADHD <laughs> maybe it's the fact that I can't like I'm indecisive I'm very impulsive and indecisive if something looks fun if my friends are trying out something and looks fun I want to do it like just dive in head first yeah. and it's kind of like I have 10 different personalities in my head and they all want to do something yeah, but yeah. they have one body yeah. so uh, it's like they're really fighting like over a steering wheel in my mind, like who's gonna use the body today? And I think the fact that I just let them all drive. <laughs> That's yeah. why I do a lot of things. Yeah. I just wanna try everything. Yeah. Right, right. When did um, it kind of dawn on you that I can try to do this for a living? Honestly, I never wanted to settle for a job that wasn't fun. Mm, like, right. uh, if you look back at my resume, I don't really stay anywhere for too long, like two years max. Is, it's because like when I start like losing inspiration, when I start feeling like it's a routine, I want to change, change mm-hmm. what I'm doing. And that's what led to where I am now, which is like, I have to thank my indecisiveness for that. Yeah. Right, right. Um, how about the, the, like the physical craft of, of what you're doing with illustrating yeah. the book? It came, started from a passion, you're copying cartoons, you're doing it your own way. Mm-hmm. When did it start to change into something that you know, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna work on you know um, like this technique or something. Or... I think it comes with, and I learned this from advertising, like working in an agency, being a perfectionist with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It's because when I entered uh, the ad world, I was very like, what the man or like uh, I'll rush my work and like post it, kagad. 
and then I meet these like creative directors, these editors, these uh, especially online editors. They're like, "Nek, I'm pang ipushing perfection yun. And that's what I uh, picked up from them that I'm trying to apply to myself is you can try to be a perfectionist down to the last pixel. Yeah. And with me, that's something that I'm frustrated with, but also something I'm very uh, passionate about is like trying to make it so perfect that your future self won't criticize it, mm-hmm. which is so hard. You see, as soon as I upload something, I'm like, I want to take it down and change something. But <laughs> you just got to commit to that version of yourself that's able to do that much work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was that like on hyperdrive during the exhibit? Oh, yeah, dude. Like, there are two aspects to that that are conflicting in my mind. Uh. One was I procrastinated it because <laughs> uh, I was waiting for inspiration to hit. Because like even uh, you watch movies like Tick, Tick, Boom. Have you seen Tick, Tick, Boom? Yes. I love that movie, dude. And you'll see Jonathan Larson came up with the most uh, important song in his, uh, his play, The Last Night of the Last Possible Day, right before the exhibit uh, or his show was played. And same with me. My last painting, like, I want to make it clear. I don't want to do this every time because it's not healthy. But I did it in 24 hours without sleeping. <laughs> so, uh, but that's when inspiration hits you. You can't fight it. Yeah. Like, um, and I don't always want to do that. I'm trying to correct that in myself. But there's really something about something's due tomorrow. So you'll do your there best is, today. There is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like you can prepare for a project for so long. Yeah. You can write, you know, something for so long. But if sometimes the pressure changes something like in your brain and how yeah. you access this creativity. So and it pushes you to do better than you really would. Because you're not overthinking it. Mm-hmm. You're like, I have to do it. I have to do it. So do you want to it? What if people won't like it? What if like, it's gonna flop. You're not thinking about that. You're thinking about doing it because there's no option, right? Yeah. Was those like years in advertising having that kind of effect on your art? Like, were you? I mean, we all know yeah. we've had other guests before them on getting advertising. Mm. See, Francis. Yeah, Francis. Yeah. One, I, think. I don't know. It's like when you're doing something for a job. Um, I don't know. You kind of funnel some different energy into the creative work you're doing on yeah. the side. Is, is that what happened to you, dude? Like. I highly recommend advertising as a training ground for any creative mm-hmm. because it's going to force you to push yourself to be better than you already thought you were. Because like, honestly, I was a really cocky kid. I thought like, I don't need to learn. But advertising really grounded me and humbled me like, oh my God, I'm working with gods or like advertising giants. And they're so humble. And that, uh, and like they're really chill. Pa. Like you see advertising people are like naka shorts and po- uh, tropical polo to work <laughs> or like ang gulo ng buhok. Yeah, yeah. But when it comes to what they make, it's so like down to the last pixel na, ang perfect. So I think if you're trying to hone your craft, advertising is a great way to start. And look at our world now. More than ever, everything is advertising. Yeah. Yeah, dude, mm-hmm. like any job, you see how do they earn? It's because of advertising. Uh, mm-hmm. And whatever you try, because the world is basically a giant market. Yeah. And what's a market? A place to sell things. And how do you sell things? Advertise it. Mm-hmm. So that's basically like Google's business model. It is, dude. Advertising. And any app, any website, how do they earn money? Advertising. Mm-hmm. If not through subscriptions, it's ads. So I think if you're a creative, no matter what you're trying to do music, um, directing, visual art, 
dude, advertising is a great training ground. The dangerous part, though, is um, being, I wouldn't say it's bad for everyone. But mm-hmm. let's say you have dreams beyond that. Sometimes staying there, you get so comfortable man, yeah, that you don't want to leave. I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, I think I was a victim to that mindset for a long time. I was like, I'll just do this forever. It's chill money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then the pandemic happened. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, there's other fun stuff that I can do. So I was doing that and surprisingly starting to earn from it. Because honestly, I was chill with being advertising forever. Like, I love being an advertising director. But then there were other, like, the other drivers in my head were yeah, like, yeah. Oh, you can't drive. I can't drive. And then, uh, because like, were you, like, like, during this time, were you like illustrating on the side? Were you. For fun, dude. Just for fun. Just for fun. And like, when you do something for fun, but you share it publicly, people are going to notice. Right. Like for, for example, if you're just doodling at home, but you never post it, how will people know that you can do it? But if you're passionate about something and you share it on the internet, odds are there's a big chance you can get paid for that eventually. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bookmark that for later because I really want to circle back to like social media and, okay. and art. That's really interesting. Taking a mental note yeah. of that. Um, but um, during this time, so after the pandemic, did you have your first exhibit after that? Actually, my first exhibit was a byproduct of the pandemic. Uh-huh. Like there were so much times where I was just with my thoughts alone. And I thought of this message where, you know what? I feel like I was robbed of my childhood <laughs> and I want to turn that into art. I said like, um, I don't want to keep going back to my sickness because like I'm trying to like not focus on it too much as a mature adult. And I don't want to whine about it like a baby. Yeah, sure, I mean, it's a story to mind. Yeah, but, but it helps the way I think. Kasi. Like, it, it makes the way I think different from people who aren't sick, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, I just thought, you know what? I was robbed of my childhood. I want to turn that into art. So my first solo exhibit, it was called Ruined. Uh, uh, paying homage to the meme, Childhood Ruined. And I just wanted to put my childhood best friends, a.k.a. The, my favorite cartoons I'd watch as a kid and just set them on fire. <laughs> but like in an artsy way, if you see my paintings, they're not literally burning with their face peeling off. But uh, there are flames behind them. It's orange. It's pink. And that's kind of like indirectly how I felt as a child. So that's the beauty, I think, about art and being left alone with your thoughts is like all these frustrations, maybe they're not for nothing. Maybe they have to turn into something. Is that um, what the, the exhibit, did that kind of start the, the shift from advertising to what you're doing now? Did, Actually, you, did you quit your job in, in advertising? Uh, I quit my job in advertising because I think I was starting to make enough to sustain myself. I wasn't like filthy rich from this, but it was enough to sustain myself and that's all I needed. I'm not a luxurious person. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I saw that, I was like, okay, my mind has a hard time being divided. Like if I'm gonna do my day job and this, both the qualities of both those things are gonna get compromised. So I have to choose one. And that's why I chose like, my child self would want me to focus on this more. So I'll do this Muna. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I even told my boss that like, I'm, I'm not resigning because I hate my job. I love you guys. Yeah, I love yeah. doing work for you guys. But like, this is just something I need to do first. Yeah. Dude, that's something that's been on my mind this whole year. Just kind of yeah. reconnecting to like a childhood attachment to why you're doing your art. Yeah. Because for me, it was um, just making videos to make my classmates laugh. 
Dude, yeah. And like the film, that was like the heart of why I wanted to be a filmmaker. Super relate. And I feel like I kind of lost it throughout my 20s because I was so busy of trying to make it, you know? Yeah. I had, a, I had a startup. I was so serious. Yeah. And then now it's like, parang the ones, the things I enjoy doing and connecting to that like childlike mm. sensibility, that's the one that you know, I guess people you know, re- respond to. That's yeah, what man. I enjoy doing. Diba? That's your spark. Yeah, exactly. It's a spark. Like, same thing happened to me direct. Like, especially with advertising directing, you're shown all these pegs from clients and from mm. like creative directors. You should do this. You should be like this. You should be like this guy that's killing it doing this style. Yeah. So to you know, water down your like organic flavor more, yeah. and you shouldn't let go of that. Like honestly, I that happened to me also. Like I was seeing all these directors doing like dramatic stuff and like really like uh, the cinematography is so beautiful, and I wanted to do something like that. But I'm looking back at the videos I made as a kid, posting them on YouTube. They're silly. They're they're funny, low quality but funny. And I was like, maybe I should get in touch with that more. And now I may not be. I'm like an out of practice director. I can. I think that's what my label would be as a director. But if I really read into it, my TikToks are still directed by me. Yeah. And like my reels are directed by me, and they're kind of like all these things I wish I could do as a director, but was never able to. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sharing it with the internet. And now there's an audience for it. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, it helps to you know. I mean, your identity as an artist is mm-hmm. the guy who does. All these things who illustrates, mm-hmm. who does TikToks, who directs stuff. Um, even other creatives I've had in the show, um, they just didn't want to be pigeonholed into one thing. Yeah. You know? And it, it affects the art of other stuff too. Just yeah. like now, I feel like the conversations I have on this podcast would eventually like affect my directing work. I don't know. Yeah. I love that about your show also. Is like, Every time you talk to a creative, you learn so much. That's true. That's so true. Just, just when I think like, oh, I know everything I need to know now. Then I talk to some creative in some field that I'm not even in. And I learn so much that I can apply to my own. Yeah. Like, for example, I'm not a musician. But every time I talk to like someone who is an artist, like a, a singer or even a guitarist or like any other instrument, instrumentalist, I'm like, yo, that's such a unique way of looking at things. I can apply that to my mm-hmm. own stuff. And daming parallels, daming parallels, talaga, and they do bleed into each other. If you're a creative doing multiple things, like for example, um, diba, I'm kind of known now as a TikToker mainly. I never thought that would be my <laughs> reputation, and I didn't want it to be. But I guess that's what's staying over. Back to the analogy of drivers in my head. I think she's the popular kid in my head, the okay, extrovert, okay, uh... and he's helping out my more shy creative. Drivers in my head. Interesting. Like for example, yung TikTok na driver ko na super gago. He's like, si ginawa to one point artist. Yes, si Konyo. So I'll bad in my head. It's helping uh, my artist self. Because now that I'm getting traction as a, I guess, skit creator on TikTok, I'm not gonna shy away from my other uh, personalities, and brands will see that. Like for example, ayong gumagawa para na super gago na skits. Mm-hmm. Marunong din pala mag-drawing. Kunin <laughs> natin for this. So, they really help out. So, if there's multiple things you want to do in life, don't settle for doing one. You can do them. Yeah. There will be sacrifices, though. Mm-hmm. I can like, mm-hmm. uh, shed light on that. Yeah. See, also. Uh... Like, now that I want to do so much, dude, my personal life's taking a backseat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, 
I'm a hopeless romantic. Like my whole life's gravitated towards like finding the one. But now that I'm preoccupied with doing so much stuff, I cannot invest the time to start a relationship. Because <laughs> I, I mean, anyone who's been in a relationship knows the first part of a relationship, you have to invest a lot of time, and then eventually less. But as a start, kailangan tutoka. And I can't do that now because <laughs> like my brain is so divided between like doing multiple things that adding another slice to that pizza, the slices yeah, would be right, too thin. Right. Like, yeah, I find that so interesting. I find what you do so interesting because it's such a example of like what happens to a creative after the pandemic. Because you have TikTok and you have this TikTok personality. You have your art, which kind of support each other. Yeah. You're also hosting, right? Yeah. Now, you're, uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to host. Yeah. You're trying to host. I don't know what you're going to host. When I saw the event before. But yeah, like, what's time management like, man? Like, how are you, you know, um, figuring what to focus on at this certain time, like how do oh you juggle all that? Like, cause I cannot multitask. I do a lot of things, but I cannot multitask. And you know, my management Nima helps so much with that. Mm-hmm. I say, um, left alone, dude. I'm gonna submit everything late, <laughs> cause I'm doing so many stuff, and I'll forget. Cause, for example, I have an art deadline. That was beginning. I'll be hit with inspiration to make a TikTok skit. Di ko naman nagabuin yung art deadline ko, di ba? But dahil I have this management who's like reminding me, "Oi, uh, deadline nito bukas," or like, "Kamusta na yung ganon?" I don't forget, so that helps a lot. If you have someone else to manage the logistics side of it, I swear it helps so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have a girlfriend who's like that, or like a friend who reminds you, that's great. But I don't have that right now, so like, uh, having a professional manager handle that stuff, dude, the investment is so worth it. What was it like before you had management? Dude, like, uh, I did submit a lot of stuff very late. <laughs> and also, well, back then, it's because I was working for an office. So, I was And it's a project manager. So, actually, looking back with my main work, my day job, I was never late because someone's reminding me. But with my freelance stuff before, yeah, dude, it would always be like clutch. <laughs> but on time, but I'm stressed because I always procrastinate it. But having someone to remind you helps so much. Right, yeah. right. But your situation right now is still kind of freelance, baba. Like you still um, get commissioned to do artworks. Oh, like it, it's course through Nima, my through management. Because like in the start, I was uh, being pitched by them. Like their pitch to me was, "Oh, we'll handle your showbiz uh, side of everything." But I think uh, since exclusive ng alam nila, they're gonna also manage my art side. So every, it's so much easier, dude. Oh yeah. Like I can't imagine my life if uh, that was divided, ba? Because mm-hmm. uh, when you're a creative, you need someone to do the logistics side. If not, the creative aspect will be watered down. Like for example, kung director ka, director and producer ang hirap nun. Yeah. yeah. You need someone to be the producer while you're directing. Because mm-hmm. kung producer and director ka, kudos if you can do both. Oh my gosh, congrats. Pero I think that might kind of make the creative output not as great as it can be. Because right, right. divided ng yung mo. Like if you watch X Men, you watch X Men. Are you familiar? Cartoons like the OG cartoons or any form of X Men. Oh. Like I remember there's this scene where Magneto was telling Mystique <laughs> to stop uh, disguising herself and just be yeah. blue. Wait, these are the OG cartoons with a meme of Wolverine, right? This Holy one God. is from one of the movies. But oh, I watch all of that stuff. But uh, uh, Miss. Magneto said, don't divide your mind. Just focus on this one thing. 
exciting, mm-hmm. and you'll be able to the, be the best version of you. So same with being a creative, like at a time, at one time, focus on one thing, para you can do it the best you can. Because if you're doing both, major, I I doubt it will be the best it can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that quote from Magneto, man. That's a yeah, quote from Magneto. Podcast. Don't divide your mind, man. <laughs> Just like focus on one thing. Yeah. So yeah, so what's it like for you? I mean, you mentioned earlier that you have to let other drivers drive. Yeah, like, in my head, so many drivers. Yeah, but you do have a lot going on. Like there's there's TikTok, mm-hmm. there's like stuff to do. Do you how do you kind of make sure? Oh, economy next. Well, your time's up. Economy next. Oh, I think right now <laughs> it's still very impulse driven. Like I try to set a schedule, and I'm slowly learning to follow it, man. But my schedule is like okay today. I'm only gonna do art, mm-hmm. even if I'm tempted to do a TikTok. Ogmuna, yeah. I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, I write it down in a planner on Google Sheets, and um, it helps. It helps like planning it out. Because if you're very impulse-driven like me, when inspiration hits you, sometimes you have to fight it. Yeah. Put it off to a later time, unless you feel like kailangan ko na han yung idea nato before someone else does it. But sometimes. That's why everything's a gray area, talaga. Sometimes when inspiration hits you, write the idea down, then do it later. Because mm-hmm. what you were supposed to do today is gonna suffer from that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's a very like practical tip. Yeah. yeah. Are, are you the type of creative, na, you know, um, you, when you have to do something, you really work it out in one spot, or you have to like experience things um, as life happens and like save it for later on. The latter, definitely the latter. Because if I'm told to do something, sometimes I can't do it because I'm thinking about it too much. But dude, when you're not trying to think of stuff, that's when stuff hits you. Mm-hmm. Like you always hear the classic thing that everyone refers to, like this idea hit me in the shower. Yeah. It's because you have no distractions. You can't use your phone mm-hmm. in the shower. Or some people, like they're just listening to music in the shower and that's what makes them inspired. I think it's because you're not visually distracted. You're hit with inspiration. Because I think I like to think sometimes like being a creative is like being a sponge. You get so soaked until it all comes out. But mm-hmm. sometimes you just need to not try. Like I like to liken inspiration to a butterfly. Uh-huh. It's like if you keep flailing a- around trying to catch the butterfly, you're not gonna catch it. But if you stay still, malimong daming butterflies na kakapit sao. So I think that's one thing I wish I learned earlier on mm-hmm. is be chill, and that's when inspiration will hit you. I love that. Yeah. Parang hadin na I've been trying to cope with or just like be more mindful of distraction. Yeah. Like there's so much distraction every day. Like yeah, crazy. I right? mean, the phone is just like exacerbated it, but every like even your thoughts, everything. Yeah. Like, um, do you do you like um, sift through that with like a journal? Do you journal or do you um, how do you manage distraction? I turn distraction into inspiration, and I'm because uh-huh. I realized, dude, you can't fight it anymore. Unless you turn off your phone and take a vacation, pero now I look at being immersed in reels and TikToks. Like, if when I'm creative output ako noon, I think it's wasted. So I use it proactively. Like, okay, I'm gonna be inspired by my next skit by mm-hmm. binging TikToks, and then if I get hit by an idea, I'll use that to make my own thing. Right, right. So I'm not because if you can't fight being distracted, gamit mo na lang. Yeah. That's another way to to put it. Yeah. Like in research. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, let's talk about the content creation. Okay. Um, really interesting. Uh, the, the SpongeBob stuff, the Kanye hey, sketches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, siya, man. And I Thanks, think people dude. share it because I mean that's exactly how it sounds. Like. Yeah. <laughs> your friends, we're gonna play game Um, yeah, and I think I think it's like very. It feels like your art too. It's very playful. Yeah. And there's like a there's like a cheeky truth in yeah. the center. But it's not No, it's not tagu. Sorry, it's not tagu. Nagreveal yung truth on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, sample na konya good. <laughs> the konya voice, dude. The konya voice, honestly, it's me but exaggerated. Because, <laughs> like for example, you better sobren solid the movie na napalag ko kagabi. That's really how I talk. But uh, when I exaggerate, I'm like, Yo, bad. It's sobrang like parang solid nung napanood kong pelikula last night. <laughs> it just exaggerated. But I really do talk like that. Like, as much as I hate to admit it, it's really me. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're kind of making fun of yourself. Okay, making fun of myself. And you know what I realized as a content creator? Um, people will share your stuff if it's not about you. If you're holding mm. up a mirror against them. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, unless you're like some celebrity, like for example, if you're like an A-list celebrity, just sharing your "Get Ready with Me." Shempre people will watch it because they like know you, that, uh, and they know you na. Yeah. But if they don't know you, why will they share it if it's some mundane thing? Right. Unless, for example, I could be proven wrong by that statement by, for example, someone cleaning horse hooves so mundane that viral, liba. <laughs> but I think it's because it's. It holds up a mirror against them that oh no I I would find that fascinating for if sure. I saw it in person. Sure. So I think that's what stand-up comics do. Yeah. You had Red Olero, you had Victor Nostache. I saw just I saw Red Olero stand-up special a few days ago, and that's kind of what he does the whole time on stage. It's, like, it's about them. It's not yeah, about it's you. Reflectionally, I got a Yeah. I mean, sorry. I got. I I'm like that. Then bad. But I think yeah. Same with stand-up is. If you share something too personal and not relatable, but nila, but sila tatawa, yeah. but nila isha share yun. Pero I think the innate psychology of humans is we're very community-centric creatures. Yeah. And if something reminds you of a friend or a family member, share you share it with them, mm-hmm. and that's what makes post viral. Share it. Like if you just watch it, I don't think that's gonna help the algorithm share that to more people. But they're like, ah, relatable pala to. Sige, let's share it with more people. Right. Yeah. Um, so you just have to make it about them. It's not about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to get, get over that. Yeah. When did that, I mean, did you just have, what, like the first time you came up with those Konyo characters, mm-hmm. do you remember? It was like, hey, I'm just going to do like a Konyo thing. Yeah, actually, it all started with me, me and one of my best friends. We have really like soft boy conversations. <laughs> like we're hopeless romantics. But my best friend, one of my best friends, he's like a trainer. He's like uh, a professional trainer. And he's so like sensitive and stuff like that. And I thought, what if I turn that into a skit? And what are Konya's known for? Being hyper-masculine. Yeah, they yeah. love Fast and Furious. They love like working out. <laughs> they spend the whole day in the gym. But one side of them that's not seen all the time is soft boy. Mm. And they're sensitive. And that was my first skit. It was like hopeless romantic Konya's. And they're just these really angas guys. But they're talking about how... They already have a dream wedding Pinterest board, you know? <laughs> so that's where it started. And I didn't know that my content will be Konyo-centric until I saw the comments. Mm-hmm. They didn't refer to the hopeless romantic part, but they found the Konyo part so benta. I didn't know that was going to happen. And because of that, because of the comment section, 
it's kind of like we have our own mini FGDs with every oh, yeah. video. FGDs. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know what to do next because of the comment section. Like, I right. sponge bro, dude. Like, for the, for the longest time, I was so annoyed in my comment section. They were like, I got to parang con you SpongeBob lang to, SpongeBob and Patrick. And I stopped fighting it. I was like, if that's what you guys think my content is, I'll make that my content. And it, it blew up. I yeah, was like, yeah. you just gotta listen to your, your audience. Even your yeah. audio of the Konya SpongeBob just gets like replayed everywhere. Oh, really? Yeah, no way. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, Konya SpongeBob, bro, man. That's crazy. Yeah, like, you know, also, I can liken that to my art, Ulet, which mm-hmm. I didn't notice was like a parallelism. Is everything just a remix? Especially with pop culture. Yes, yeah, yeah. Dude, my drawings are mostly pop culture references. Mm-hmm. And I realized yung mga patok ko rin na TikToks and Reels, they're parodies of pop culture. Yeah. So, I, I do believe nothing's original anymore. But you gotta add your own flavor to it. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, everyone knows Spongebob already. So if you just make a Spongebob episode by yourself, no one's gonna watch that. But if you add your own flavor to it, must pop it up, chat. Because you're the only one who sees it that way. Right. Then people relate, pala, to that way. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, yeah. I wanted to segue that to talk about like art style. Yeah. Um, because even with filmmaking, the mm-hmm. I mean, you've seen it. You you get pegs, the but people yeah. show you like references. But essentially, what we're doing is like remixing stuff we already know. Yeah, dude. You know? And I, I liken it to like a, a hip hop DJ, right? Yeah. You sample stuff, but you get yeah. stuff from different eras. You mix it up into a new song. Yeah. Right? And that's kind of like what you're doing with your art, right? Um, but what do you like? How did you develop like personal style? I think that's a really interesting question to ask a lot of like illustrators, because mm, yeah. they all take it from you know um, inspiration, yeah. from childhood, but they mix in. Their own thing into it so was that like super intentional for you were you trying to like form a style yeah yeah at one point i was trying too hard like mm-hmm. i put too many aspects from my favorite artists into an artwork na i kind of lost my style as a kid because uh, you're trying too hard to make a style intentionally it, it feels forced yeah and to be frank naman maganda naman your work nun, but i feel like it wasn't me anymore mm-hmm. so you really have to like uh, I'm not saying this is for everyone, but for me, when I look back at what would I draw without trying to have a style, that's your style. When you're not trying too hard. And it's easy. It's kind of like, ito, lumalabas na naman yung hopeless romantic side ko. But it's like falling in love. Kind Anyone's of. listening? Uh, I mean, like, but I don't have time to date. I'm sorry. But <laughs> <laughs> um, if you love something, it's not difficult. Yeah. Like, for example, with style, You'll get so obsessed with making it because you're passionate. You won't notice that you did so much hard work without trying. And I think when finding your personal style, just keep doing it and make what you want to see also. Right, yeah. yeah, like for example, with my art, I just make the art I want to see. Because honestly, like if you really take a look into my brain, <laughs> it's really just black and blue and gray. <laughs> like you wouldn't expect that, but that's what my imagination looks like. And I want to see color. I want to see pop uh, visuals. So that's what I make with my art. Yeah. yeah. It really shows, man. I mean, there's a fun sincerity to it, which, which you know, that playfulness and Thanks, coming dude. back to the, yeah. the childhood sensibilities. Um, 
Okay, I think uh, I I also want to go back to what you said on I saw on a TikTok video when yeah. you were talking about you know overcoming cringe. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's super interesting because yeah. it ties back to the authenticity that yeah. you're just talking about. Um, could you like unpack that for us, like, as a content creator, oh, as someone yeah, who puts their work out in public? Actually, like looking back. I always cringe at my past self because I never think I'm cringe in the moment. <laughs> I think like people see that as a weakness. They're like, "Hey, kadiri naman cringe naman niya." Pero looking back, that's actually my strength. Like I look back at myself and I cringe, but I'm like, "Yo, but I needed to do that though to learn and to like overcome um, being scared of putting myself out there. I needed to be cringe at one point because, dude, like if you do some research on my past self. I was always this cringe, <laughs> like quote unquote cringe. But if you don't cringe at yourself in the moment, I don't think it's cringe. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. cringe is just something cowards say because they're <laughs> afraid to do the same thing as you. They're like, "I hey, cringe because yeah, yeah. they're so they're cringing at themselves." Na hindi nila kaya gawin yan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nasa din na label yun, you know? It's like, oh, I don't want to be cringe. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. There's like a a wall of yeah. fear that makes that stops you from doing. You know, yeah, things there's... that excite you, that scare you, you know? Although sometimes that is true. Because mm-hmm. there, there, there are some points in time where I'm like, I should make a TikTok about this or I should overshare this. But the back of my head is saying, this is a voice in the back of my head saying, <laughs> okay, so but I'm cringe then, what am I going to go in? <laughs> and I'd like to thank that voice. Because I'm going to cancel if I did everything. It's the guy at the back of your car. Wait, don't you post that? So brilliant. Or even post goes, delete go the same minute. It's because sometimes that's why it's it's never always. It's sometimes never. It's mm-hmm. it's never never, and it's never always also. Because only Siths deal in absolutes, so uh, you you can't always say. Di naman to cringe. Like I'm just being myself. Sometimes you gotta control what you post. Because there are so many content creators out there, and this problem did not exist before. Pero they were so driven by their impulsive and intrusive thoughts na tuloy naruin yung career nila mm. diba so you can't always uh, say na okay lang this is the real me so i'm a, i'm a post it yeah yeah there still has to be some control yeah. some maybe that's yeah. some where some of the advertising experience kicked in like, yeah hey, i'm, I'm like, managing a channel like this is a brand you yeah. know actually like you know i realized like uh growing up into an adult even though i don't consider myself an adult <laughs> Is like you gotta be your own parent sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, you can let your child be very free, creative, and liberal, but you gotta take care of yourself also as a child. Like if you think this could put your child in danger, wag mo pagawa sa child mo, aka yourself. That's true. So there are so many quote unquote cringe ideas. People would find cringe, but I don't find cringe. Sometimes I stop myself from sharing that, and it's about quality control then. Because you know the term like shoot your shot. It's also choose your shot though. Right. Because yeah. if you're aimlessly just putting whatever out there, edi mawawala yung quality mo. Which I think if you want to make content creation in your career, like brands won't get someone who goes viral occasionally, but the rest of their stuff is like memath. Yeah, yeah. So you gotta try to be a little bit of a parental supervisor to yourself. Yeah. yeah, I get that. Um, parang diba alakin man sa TikTok, diba? Like it really it blew up, you know, um, over the course of a few years, and with that came like 
you know, just people who aren't your audience and like annoying people who just like talk shit online. Yeah. Like how do you, how do you deal with all that? Personally, like I'm kind of scared. Yeah. If ever parang aabot yung kwento creative sa mga ganun. Pero luckily, every people naman are like, you know, mostly kind online. Yeah. But, you know, you have dumb people out there on the internet. And it's yeah. the internet's like nameless users, you know, like with your usernames or like numbers talking shit. Yeah, and they're the bravest ones. Yeah. The ones without the real name and their actual DP. Or actually, if their DP is like, uh, I don't know, them and a child and then their bio is a Bible verse. <laughs> they're usually the most hypocritical Red people. flag. Yeah. So... On, I learned this from YouTube, honestly, in my early days when my YouTube videos would get like, I don't know, 200 views. I'm lucky if it gets 10K views. Um, you gotta embrace the haters. Because that means people who don't know you are watching you. And you're reaching people that uh, wouldn't actively search for you. So with YouTube, I learned you gotta embrace the haters because there are only two outcomes of that. Either you'll have fun messing with them, like sending them kiss emojis and like, thanks, bro. Like being passive aggressive with them. It'll piss them off. Or you're going to convert them into a lover to, to loving your content. Because, dude, like, I try to reply to as many comments as I can, especially the haters. Um, and it got to a point where it's not even passive aggressive anymore. It's really just me trying to understand why they're a hater. So, like, one time, I sort of sarcastically uh, replied to a hater with a hug emoji saying, here for you, bro, after they were shitting on my content. And then do they replied with a paragraph saying about how they're not okay. I was like, okay, I wow. opened the okay. kind of worms here. <laughs> and honestly, all the haters are, they don't really hate your content. Like they're just projecting uh -huh. something they're frustrated about with themselves. And as soon as you understand that, you won't be afraid of haters. Makes sense, yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess sometimes you can think that it's all about me. It's you know? not. And You're not the problem. Yeah, but... Unless, okay, here's the exemption. If everyone on your video is saying what you're doing is wrong, it's most probably <laughs> wrong. And then it's wrong. But if, let's say, uh, at least 50% are like, oh, this is so funny, I love this. You're okay. And then uh, if the other 50% are saying like, corny, cheesy, tomato, or cringe, you're fine. They're just projecting. Yeah. Man, you have to learn all this in real time, huh? Like, yeah, dude. <laughs> there's no training for this. There's, there's no like learning this in theory. You have to do it. And like, there's so many people who glamorize the lives of content creators and celebrities, saying like they want to do that, but they don't want to be cringe. Dude, you gotta be. Mm -hmm. Like even like A-list celebrities. Like, give me an A-list celebrity, top of mind. Um, Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. I'm sure he had to do like some cringe commercials before he got the role of Thor, yeah, right? Yeah. Or he had to do some like... I remember Simu um, from Shang-Chi. Yeah, he like, stock photo. He was stock photo. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what's so great about that? Like, not only is it uh, a fun story to tell, but the comparison. Once you make it big, you're like, look what I used to do, guys. Yeah, and it now makes I'm it more here. likable, actually. It's yeah. Like, so honestly, I know it's oversaid these days with content creators, but you have to embrace the cringe. Because as soon as you're afraid of being cringy or you upload something and you're so apologetic about that, if you upload like a reel of yourself doing a dance and then you caption it, sorry, I'm so cringe, bro, don't do that. Because that's what makes it cringy. If you just upload a quote unquote cringe video of you dancing and you just own it, 
dude, you win. Yeah. Even if everyone's saying you're cringe, but you don't admit it, you win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so balikan natin yung yung tanong kanina okay. about um, about sharing your art mm-hmm. um, online. As, as someone who's had like that, you know, cross pollination of like you're the TikTok guy, but hey, let's look at his art. You know, yeah. um, what have you learned about sharing your your works online? It's a visual medium, right? Okay? And yeah. I think a lot of artists uh, who listen to the pod do like designers, filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Um, they feel cringe about hey, self promotion. Look at yeah. my art. Have you learned anything after you know all these years about that? You know, necessity. Dude, you gotta do it. Like for example, there's so many incredibly talented people I know that on paper I see their work. It's amazing, and I'm like, share this, share this. You're so good, and they're like, no, na kayas and dami na magaling sa internet. Dude, just accept the fact you're not the best. There's so many people who are great out there. Just share it anyway. Because mm-hmm. you got nothing to lose, and like, will you be at your deathbed at the end of your life saying like, "Oh, I'm so glad I never shared that cringe <laughs> post"? No, you you want to share it with yeah. the world. Like it goes back to my uh, what I said earlier: shoot your shot, but also choose your shot. Then, if you're so scared about sharing everything, then choose the best, then share that. But you can't just share one best thing. You got to be regular with sharing. Like, so let's say you make ten stuff a month. And then you think they're all mid, then just share the five best ones you think are good. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Parang namin ni Jappy to. Yeah. Oh, I love I love you, Jappy. If you're listening. Shout out, shout out to Jappy. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, speaking of Jappy, um, I think one thing that stood out with him is like he was a an athlete and a. An artist, yeah. right? And para may It bleeds into each other, that I can do it. Yeah. Are, are there other stuff you do outside creative work that inform the content creation, the illustrating? Honestly, I think it's just because I'm a such a pop culture nerd that yeah. <laughs> it just like goes into everything I make. Yeah. Other than that, I think what I do for recreation, wala ko hobby na hindi ko career honestly because like Thanks. everything i do now for fun i do also to earn which is like a huge privilege by the way oh, yeah but if you find a way to do that it's uh, a good place to be in, yeah it's yeah. a good place to be in uh and honestly people say like Di ka ba burn out because i enjoy it naman eh. like even if i'm not paid to do it i'll do it mm-hmm. yeah yeah but yeah burnouts are real things especially for content creators yeah. um we had nicole album on the episode in the pod before mm-hmm. I caught up with her recently at lunch. Um, she's taking a break from putting out YouTube content. And yeah. I guess nakapaga din yung YouTube in a different way. Yeah. It's like 10 minute videos, it's heavily researched. You know? um, but yeah, ikaw, like, even with all the. You just finished the exhibit, are you mm-hmm. still doing TikToks? Even nakaka burnout. Hindi. <laughs> well, okay, well, honestly, there's some truth to what Nicole said. Because honestly, I think it's such an old fashioned way to think. That you gotta keep putting stuff out, stuff out uh-huh. all the time. Uh-huh. I see. Uh-huh. All the time. Okay. Like, I think it was some Gary V video. I'm not shitting on Gary V. Like, I love some of his motivational stuff. But he said something like, oh, you gotta put like five videos out a day. Doesn't matter what they are. Mm-hmm. But you don't always have to do that. Honestly, I think it's old fashioned because you know how everything's so competitive now, creatively. Yeah. Like, kasi ang dami gumagawa. You don't have to compete too aggressively. Because it's gonna make your work less sincere. Watered down. Yeah. yeah. So with TikTok also, like 
there were times where I wouldn't upload for two weeks and other creators would be like, oh, matagal yun. people are going to lose interest. Then I wasn't afraid of that. I was like, so be it. If they lose interest, it's okay. Lang. And because of that, sure, some of my TikToks don't get so many views because the algorithm's like, ah, it's not regular. To mm-hmm. But if you just keep making work that's pure and you find it fun, you'll pa your audience. Mo. They're going to find a reason or the algorithm's going to get them back eventually. Because yeah. what's better? You make irregular content. Uh, I'm not saying rarely put out content because it's bad. What's better, like making irregular content, but uh, your state of mind is good and like it makes you make pure stuff, or every day ka mag upload, but your mental health is suffering. Yeah. I think don't do that. That's yeah. an old-fashioned way of thinking. Yeah. You know how hustle culture is so glorified. Yeah. Like, sure, there's a time and place for that. Like maybe in your early twenties, go lang. But eventually, you gotta like. Pay mind to resting yeah. and like taking leaves for your mental health. Because that's when you'll be hit with inspiration, not when you're tired. Okay. I think I was a victim of that hustle culture in the yeah. like in my twenties. Yeah, I was a victim, but like I ate that shit up, man. I was like, yes. yeah, I get a hustle, Martin, clips of Joe Rogan talking. About yeah, Drew's. <laughs> you gotta rest too. I gotta, yeah, yeah. And that's why now I feel like I want. I'm attracted to like playful, sincere things. Yeah. And, uh, Trying to get in touch more with the childhood side. Yeah, dude. It's refreshing, yeah, man. It's fun. You know what I really like think should change with the educational system? Mm-hmm. You know how fun is referred to as the break? Break time, have yeah. fun, yeah. or like, okay, class time, time to work. No, it should be like, class time should be fun time, and then work will be easy, right? Mm-hmm. If, if fun should be your navigating force, if fun was our navigating force as kids, dude, I swear, I bet we'd be in such a better place right now, <laughs> like with our careers. Because, yeah, yeah. um, for example, you have fun, I don't know, doodling in your notebook. When I was a kid, teachers are always like, ano ba yan? Sira ako nag-drawing na naman na back in the classroom, hindi nakikinig sa lessons. But am I doing long division with my job now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm doing something that uh, I was hiding in class. And imagine if that was just nurtured na lang. Mm-hmm. I bet like I would be outdoing myself now if that was the, the nature of the educational system. Yeah, I'd love to get to actually to talk to someone about that, you know, education yeah. and stuff. Because I've read it like that before. Like, you're doing it in the States, an alternative education for kids. Now it's, it's less like a classroom where you just regurgitate information that's mm-hmm. given to you. It's like, hey, galing mo copy ng information. Yeah. Versus what they're trying with some kids, which feels more like a thesis. It's yeah. like, you you're you're the one who will choose what questions to ask. Yeah. And then it's that. like they 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 can take a year. It's like making a thesis. Yeah. A year where they'll have an interdisciplinary. They're gonna talk to people. They're gonna interview people how to answer that question. Yeah. And the bad that's, that's kind of like the essence of what you would do in real life. Right? Yeah. Develop, um, figure out the questions you want to ask and find ways of answering. Gets to the intention. Like of the old way of thinking, like our mm. parents, uh, you have to be a doctor, you have to be a lawyer. I guess it's sure yun, and they just want what's best for you, diba? Mm-hmm. But it's also risky financially. Like, oh, my kid's good at vlogging. <laughs> Am I gonna invest in this? I think take the risk. There's this quote that Jim Carrey said. He said, um, "You can fail at what you don't love, so you might as well take a chance on doing what you love." I love that. Because. Yeah. 
okay, let's say your parents said you should take up nursing, even if you didn't want to do it, you can still fail at that. So, but you're like a frustrated artist. I say just pursue the art side, na lang. Basta you can fail at both. So just try the one that you actually love doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I want to wrap it up with just like a last set of questions. Okay. Um, and one of them is related to failure. Something I like asking other guests. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's more like, has any past failure set you up for later success? And do you have something like a favorite failure of yours that you look back to? I think YouTube is my favorite failure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, I don't think of it as a failure also. I think of it as learning. Like, looking back at all my quote-unquote failures, never called dinam dumb because I don't know, inherently something with the way my brain's wired is failure isn't the end. Because mm-hmm. before I used to date someone who was like always so like preoccupied with, uh, example, she failed in a class. The whole week she'll feel so shitty. And I was like, no, just move on. <laughs> just like, because... Are you gonna let one failure make you make more failures? That's an indefinite, like, uh, exponential way of thinking that you're gonna keep failing, right? Mm-hmm. So what's better is fail and then just learn from it. Like, for example, with YouTube, uh, I didn't become a viral sensation. And that was never my goal, but that's what people, people like and a success to with content creation, right? Being shared, having millions of subscribers. Like you, direct. I was like content now with me, knowing I made my friends laugh, mm-hmm. and I think that failure helped me with TikTok and my art later on in life. It's just embracing the fact that don't try to succeed, just have fun, and that's what's gonna make you succeed. I've been like super deep into this thing called growth mindset. I don't yeah. know if you've seen it before. Parang kumakalat siya dahil sa self help stuff, but it's like really interesting science. Growth versus fixed mindset. Mm-hmm. Basically, it came from like a study in the 90s. Now, if you told kids, if you praised kids about their ability, their talent, wow, you're so talented, you're such a good artist, well, you're so good at math, it actually like, diminishes their performance down the line because they think that this is what I have to live up to. Like, yeah. I'm like a fixed you know, performer. And yeah. Yeah. Versus if you, if you um, praise their effort, and yeah. it's like a completely different oh, outcome. Diba? And we rarely praise effort because in our society, diba? it's like the report card. You, yeah. get a, you get a trophy for because you're a good athlete. But we rarely kind of tell people, hey, like you worked really hard on that. They see how much effort you put in even if you didn't su- su- succeed. Diba? Yeah. That's why I put on failure. So, you know, allergic guys at the room. Yeah. Like, oh. Anyway, it's, it's like what you're saying. Um, your friend who, was, who failed the math test, you couldn't yeah. get over the fact. And this person who fails yeah. math tests. You have to like applaud the effort, but in like yeah. I know you studied mm-hmm. stuff like that. I love that mindset. It's my first time hearing about that. Yeah. Send that shit to you. It's yeah. really really helpful. I think that's gonna forward us as a human race. <laughs> like push us forward yeah. as a human race. And it goes back to what you're saying about the educational system. Like, yeah. Imagine if we had a system that was more like, you know. Yeah. Just try. Like, just try. Can I be like a conspiracy theorist for a second here? Yes. Go. I think they always knew that. I think the educational system always knew that. Because they want to make the elite want to keep the workers working so they stay elite. Yeah. So And they're in power, right? Diba? So do they want to make people who can overthrow them? They're not going to do that. It's fucking reptiles, man. Right? It's the reptilian. The crocodile. <laughs> like, and that's what I love about the internet is... The elite are losing their power, man. And they're trying to 
find a way to contain it, pare. Yeah, take it back. But and they are still trying, and I applaud them for that. Uh, but it's giving the little guy a chance. That's what the mm-hmm. internet's doing. Like for example, if the elite had their way, uh, I'm not saying all elites are bad, but the evil elite. If the evil elite had their way, they would keep the little guy voiceless, diba? Because it will make the little guy work for them. Mm-hmm. But now that everyone has a voice, I think the creative, let's say, creative losers in high school, they're cool now and they have power now. And I think that's just threatening the the man, diba? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stick it to the man. Yeah. And you know, th- TikTok's kind of like that. I mean, for for all its faults, whatever, yeah. like TikTok, the algorithm kind of changed up things yeah. online, diba? Kasi parang, I think. IG used to be if you're a celeb because it was based on friend networks yeah. like celebrities would just become more famous mm-hmm. but in TikTok you know if something just came up in your recommendation algorithm from like a non-celebrity yeah. but it doesn't make it dude I love that about TikTok you know mm-hmm. how you could have three followers on TikTok and have 10 million views I love that mm-hmm. and I also love the flip side of that you could have 10 million followers and a video with 3,000 views long because yeah. It's very democratic, the TikTok mm-hmm. system, and I think that's threatening those at power, and I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like giving the little guy a shot. Yeah. So, like, what, what are you? Do you ever think about what the future of content creation is? I mean, does that ever cross your mind? Because things change so much. I mean, yeah. With TikTok, just came in in a few couple of years, and and look how much has changed. Yeah. The... I'm ako nga, working in production, diba? Parang now we're shooting everything in vertical format, yeah. diba? Um, lower attention spans. I don't know. I'm just wanting to second. pick your brain on that. Like, whoa. dude, literally one second. If you lose their interest in one second, they'll skip it. <laughs> yeah. That day, I know. First 15 seconds, tapos they'll skip. Mm-hmm. The first second we skip it, guys. Uh, I think the future of entertainment, the way it's looking now, uh, either it's gonna go back because it's like a pendulum. Mm-hmm. I think trends are like a pendulum. Uh, I'm using the right word, right? This is a pendulum. Yeah. Yeah, the swingy thing. So I think it's going to either go back to one network for everything, na naman, like mm-hmm. the way it used to be. Because the cable turned into streaming platforms. Yeah. There are damning streaming platforms. Mm-hmm. So I, I have a feeling like someone's gonna monopolize it again, or entertainment is gonna be so personalized that your entertainment, you don't know anyone else who watches the same exact stuff as you anymore. That's. Interesting, yeah, yeah. Look at your algorithm. Wala, wala monoculture at wala na. It's gonna be super niche, the most niche human humanity has ever been. Like, for example, I just discovered this talking to my friends. Like, I'm talking to them about some video I've seen that has 10 million views, and they never heard of it. Mm-hmm. It's because their algorithm looks completely different than mine. Yeah. And uh, I hope it's not being misused by corporations to brainwash people, but. Yeah, entertainment is definitely gonna be very like personalized per individual in the future. That's so interesting because yeah. there's just gonna be like so much content. Like right now, it really feels overwhelming. Yeah. But you know, I, that, that kind of makes logical sense. And like, yeah, expen- exponentially, what does that look like? Everyone has their own like universes of of entertainment. Of entertainment. Yeah. Even scarier is maybe even news. Like, That's the scary part. The, uh, yeah, the facts. Everyone has their own version of facts. Like, did you watch the social dilemma? The documentary. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's like sometimes you wonder. Ano ba yan? Bakit ni parang sobrang bobo na mm. uh, friend ako na he doesn't know uh, who to support when, like, example, elections. But then you can't blame them because sometimes their 
algorithm is teaching them mm-hmm. to vote for that person and see them as some like angelic figure yeah. when in reality in your algorithm you see them as like the antichrist yeah. <laughs> so um yeah it, there has to be i hope a, a way of monitoring that in the future it's impossible to monitor as far as i'm concerned because there are like billions of factors involved but with how advanced ai is getting i think there will be a way to make it safer mm-hmm. it's kind of like see iron man's a civil war He's like, okay, I'm gonna put a suit of armor around the world. I think that's what someone's gonna try to do with AI. Oh, I see. But I hope yeah. it won't be the other. It won't happen like in Avengers where it turns evil. <laughs> the AI turns evil. But I hope there is some genuinely good form of AI that will look out for our best best interest in the future. Right. I'm optimistic about it. Okay. Yes. Again, since we're here, um, seeing it now on AI quest. Yeah. Go. Go. It's so. I'm so it's, fascinated with it. It is fascinating. Yeah. Like even um, it just gets crazier and crazier. Like every week, every month. And I also think about, that's what I do for a living. I create images to tell stories yeah. for for brands, for clients. And that's and what AI does. I wonder how far, right? yeah. How far we are to that, right? Any thoughts on that? Actually, with AI, the way it is now. I think there should be laws against it go- getting too advanced and mm-hmm. too available for everyone. Because the dangerous aspect of it is, you know, for example, uh, your mom could be calling you right now with video pa saying, oh, can you wire me this much money? Uh, and you'll believe it. Dude, it could be AI. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure deep fakes are not that readily available to the masses now that easily like you still have to be an expert to make them but give it half a year i bet anyone can do it by then mm-hmm. like uh right now there's this feature in tiktok that's like voice alteration oh it looks so fun i can turn my voice into a voice of a of a sporty girl okay but think about the dangerous aspect of that like oh yeah if you have a friend who sounds like that you can just impersonate them in fact like i know some people now who can just get a 30-second clip of, for example, you direct talking and put that into their app and talk, and they'll sound like you. That's crazy. Which is so scary, yeah. right? Yeah. So I think with all forms of technology, we should just... Because the technology is not bad. It's the humans that are bad. Mm-hmm. So we just have to find a way to use it to make our planet better. For example, yeah. with AI, uh, it could help so many writers and creatives from doing OT. Like, mm, instead yeah. of doing overtime, speeding up the process with ChatGPT, giving you ideas, then just refine it. But my fear of that is, what if it totally takes our jobs in the future? Because that's so possible. Libre pa, yeah. So I'm like, there has to be a way of finding the balance. I can't pinpoint how they will do that, but there's got to be a way. Yeah. I mean, the analogy I often make is like, you're seeing AI now, like ChatGPT, yeah. uh, GPT, and then... Um, think of like a Nokia 3310. Yeah. You know, like that's that's that now. But like, what does an iPhone look like? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, shit. But I'm that's scared. so scary because, like, remember when we were kids, the Nokia 33 playing Snake on your phone yeah. was crazy futuristic, yeah. man. <laughs> so imagine when the AI now looks vintage. What's going to be yeah. the current thing? Uh-huh. It was scary to think about. Yeah. I hope it's on the demise of our planet, though. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that's not it. Uh, I hope like it really just helps us make life easier for everyone. That's yeah. my hope. Yeah. My pessimistic view of that would be like close to what you said earlier. Like everyone has their own universes of conquer. Yeah. 
what if like AI is turning that shit out and we're all like believing it? Yeah, it's like, yeah. Right? like you know, people don't make content yeah. anymore. It's just like algorithms and shit. Dude, and this is like super stoner vibe stocks, but <laughs> right? the whole world is through the window of your cell phone now. Mm. Like, especially during the pandemic. So let's say another pandemic happens and you're forced to be at home. What if nothing you see on your phone's real anymore and it just pixels telling you this is what's happening? It's like some black mirror shit. Yeah, yeah. dude. Like, for example, there can be news about uh, um, there's no more global warming, like the world's healing, but you step outside, there's floods everywhere and it's like um, 40 degrees out. Yeah. You won't know because you're indoors. You're just going to believe what's on your phone. Or you won't even care what's out there. Yeah, dude. Right? You know what I'm scared of? What if you're making friends with someone who's not real? <laughs> <laughs> like, especially with your long-distance friendships. Like, there are some friends I made in other countries. For all I know, they're not real. <laughs> video chat ko na sila. Yeah. Sometimes, in the past, that's like, okay, let's video chat so I know you're real. Dude, now that's not even an, an option. Oh, there are some apps advanced enough to create fake visuals. Real yeah. time, dude. Well, I've seen some people use ChatGPT first therapy you know and it just yeah. knows how to talk to our monkey brains and yeah <laughs> you, know? you know what i think chat gpt is good it's the humans that aren't because there are times where i'm stuck and with a skit i have a concept but i can't think of a punchline dude sometimes i ask chat gpt <laughs> yeah and i'm like what the punchlines they come up with they're not funny they sound like a kid wrote them yeah. but when I see the punchlines they make, and I'm like, that's not funny because this. I'm like, oh, but I can make it funny by doing tool. this. Yeah. Yeah. So it helps you out. So that's a nice side of AI. Mm-hmm. But I, gotta, I can't lie. The pessimistic side that we're talking about sounds more possible. <laughs> so scary. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of where my brain goes to the like, dark sci-fi thing. Yeah. And like, they're, they were warning us. If you look about sci-fi in the past, Let's say sci-fi in the 1950s, they all became real, right? Mm. So maybe sci-fi in the 90s is going to become real eventually. Terminator? Dude, I'm so scared about that becoming real. It's so feasible. Or The Matrix? You'll never know. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Matrix. Um, okay, I'll make a tangent on the time. Like, yeah, I, AIs, I, I love it. I love it, though. It's like really yeah. something that interests me. Um, but again, let's just end it with like one last okay. question. And I'm curious to get your take on... Because we've been hearing a lot of like good recommendations. What is like like a bad recommendation that you've heard about content creation, about making art down the line? Ah, like, dude, just don't be a cloud chaser. Uh huh. Like, yeah, if you're yeah, too yeah. focused on statistics and like growth, you're gonna lose the spark of like why you're doing it. Oh, oh. Like, I see some people. I know in my heart they're not bad people. They're not like uh, they don't want to tear other people down. But they know it gets views, so they're gonna like talk shit about other creators or other celebrities just to gain traction. And I'm like, that should never be your goal. Cause the best content creators I watch, at least in my algorithm, they're all people who just do it for fun. It doesn't seem calculated. Like Or they're robots. Or they're AI. <laughs> or they're not real pala. I've never met them in real life. So Dude, Malemo, if we're really gonna be hardcore conspiracy theorists, even the people you met in real life, Malemo, they're not real. <laughs> You'll never. This podcast is. What if you're not real there? Sure. I want to know that, right? For for sure, it's a philosophical question. Okay, but yeah, it's allegory in the cave, that. shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, um, not to be too focused on inside. Cloud. Don't. 
don't think about getting views. If you do it for fun, it's gonna follow. The same way fitness trainers tell you, don't focus on the goal, focus on the effort mm. within the day. Because if you just do the effort every day, I mean, I'm no example of that yet, but um, you'll see all these like people who've actually uh, got good at something or improved at a sport. It's because every day they're just focusing on the small efforts, not the, oh, I'm gonna be a Olympian yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> Same way with uh, content creation. Don't think, okay, this should go viral. This should go viral. Yeah. Don't just have fun. Yeah. And that seems really stressful. If yeah. you're, if that's how your mindset is. Yeah, because then everything is gonna be a failure in your eyes. Yeah. yeah. So and you don't want that. Yeah. Okay, Rafael. Thanks, cool. man. Thanks awesome there, conversation. Eh? I had such a fun time. Wait, is there anything going on right now that you want to share on the pod? Um, right now, well, I've become. <laughs> believer in this recently don't share anything unless it's actually happening now so mm. so far secret <laughs> yeah i should i should do that to you. yeah because sometimes you share about it then you lose interest then it never happens yeah, yeah. even when you're yeah. just like talking to someone about it yeah like, like i'm thinking of doing this yeah, it never happens that's yeah. true. so share it yeah. when it's happening now so that's what i'll be doing so if you want to be updated with what i'm currently doing just follow me at rafo bell that's taco bell with an r on everything yeah all right Thanks, Rafael. Thanks, Derek. So that was it. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Please remember that we really love it when you guys engage with the content and social media. Feel free to tag us in your stories and share anything you've learned about these episodes. We super appreciate it when you guys do that. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Quentong Creatives and on TikTok at kcreatives.gl. No, no, no.